browser hey, window. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? Welcome to Major League A-Holes, the show. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show, Major League A-Holes. Uh, we've got big show coming up for you today. We've got Cubs, Cubs news, of course. A really Best big show. team in the league. Uh, we've got a Sox-Tigers series to recap. Some real baseball to talk about. Um, we've got uh, a disturbing news story that's coming up today with the St. Louis Cardinals on their way to Chicago as we speak. Uh, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. We've got a new segment I want to bring up called Aesthetics. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, of course, we have Shit You Can't Make Up. And asshole of the week, which I think everyone's going to agree with us on this one. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents this week in baseball. Uh, I think we always have to start the news based on the A-hole standings, so it seems like this entire season we'll be starting with the Cubs. Yeah, the entire season, I'm sure. <laughs> well, they are out to a 13-3 and start, Yeah, which is their best, their best start in 113 years. Uh, There's usually 100 involved with the Cubs <laughs> when it comes to stats. 1907 was the last time they were off to such a fantastic start. Uh, oh. They are the best lead best record in baseball so i mean there's really not a whole lot to talk about i mean no i mean they're the they're the power ranked number one team they are the best team in baseball at the moment there's no doubt about it the that can that trend continued last night with another yet another stellar start by one you darvish seven innings one earned run one hit two walks 11 strikeouts so his this is now 16 out of 17 games his last 17 games he's had tremendous starts so draw from that whatever conclusions you will but i think i think we've got a pretty good starter right there along with the rest of the rotation right now um be interesting to see chatwood's next start i am fascinated by that you you actually dropped him in our fantasy league and i'm i'm contemplating picking him up before he starts just just to see just see if that fucks you over somehow but uh, i can't we'll fuck my can't fuck me much over than my than the coronavirus has fucked me over in fantasy baseball this year so yeah i'm just saying the real news and i buried the lead here about the cubs is the massive two gold chains that emerged around one anthony rizzo's neck this week i'm not sure if you saw this, this is like the biggest no. news the biggest news it was ridiculous like he's wearing gold chains all of a sudden and that's all people could talk about i've actually i've kind of been fascinated i don't know if you've noticed the gold chain phenomenon in baseball it's been going on for decades but are there any other areas of life where you notice a, a large segment of the population that wears gold chains oh, in uh, public I mean, well, just, I mean, I'm Italian, so obviously in that community. Uh, but, I'm not uh, saying, I guess I'm not saying that, that. But oh, like, in professional sports, yeah, not that, are, not that are visible where you always see guys like slide in the second, and then they got to take the Mr. T chains and tuck them back into their freaking jerseys. Yeah, in fact, Lewis, I noticed it on on Lewis Robert the other day. He's got some pretty massive gold chains too. 
baseball. There's always gold chains in baseball, and I've never. Yeah. I, I guess I don't. I mean, that, there's an economic factor to that. I don't run around with millionaires very often, but I don't run into many people that are wearing lots of gold chains. And the, the place where <laughs> I know, the place where I notice it the most is watching baseball games. And I find that fascinating. And now that Rizzo has joined that club, it's even it makes it makes me laugh even more. But that was the, that was the biggest news I felt of the week. Did, did uh, now aren't there some of those chains and, and they may be gold in color, but aren't those like um, I thought some of the chains they wear are like zinc or something like that, and it's supposed <laughs> to like, like you know, it's like a health thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think that's a different, I think those are different further. ones, those are less ornate. Yeah, uh, I don't, those look a little maybe, more scientific, yeah, I mean, these, but. Yeah, the the fact that Riz is wearing uh, gold chains that are like the Sox home run, uh, the home run chain is, uh, you know, I like the home run chain. That that was impressive. Yeah, the the diamond Sox home run chain. I wonder if those are real diamonds. Or <laughs> no, I've only seen that once, and I know you've hit a lot more home runs than that. So is that does the home run chain come out every time they hit a home run, or is that a one time thing last week, or how how does that? Work? No, it's usually 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 yeah, it usually goes around. Uh, they come over and put it on the guy's neck. I just think uh, they maybe only sneak it in like once a game on video. Because no, they okay. got to get all the crowd shots in, you know. There's they got to get all the crowd the crowd in. So yeah, at the games, uh, I'm not much of a jewelry guy in general, but I I definitely support the home run chain. I think that was fantastic. So they yeah. the Sox were giving home run chains away. Well, uh, recently they really. The, I think the Cubs. Yeah, I think the we Cubs have did our own home run like chain. Wow. Yeah, I could have, but I didn't. I chose not to do it. They were doing a charity. A lot of oh, teams. Oh, poor choice! These, uh, Come on. These charity, these charity walks where you virtually walk. You like use an app, show that you walked, and you were you got a you got a t shirt and a and a home run chain for participating. So I don't think it was quite as massive, but well, the uh, next time a home I, run, if I, if I, it, opportunity yeah. drops in your lap, you I, take it. Well, if if I should become a, if I should be lucky enough to come across one and, and get one in my possession, I'm not going to tell you, and it'll just be on during the show. <laughs> then, the next tremendous. time we broadcast, nice. I mean, nice. are we segueing into white? Are we segueing into White Sox? Talk I think now? we might as well. That might might be the perfect way yeah. to go, considering our my Tigers and your White Sox faced off this week in Detroit, uh, split series. Yeah. The Tigers ended up, or the Sox ended up winning that, two games to one. Uh, I guess we could start with game one. I had a few takeaways from that. Uh, the first off being a inside the park home run that solidified the win for the Tigers uh, by Jacoby Jones, facilitated facilitated by an absolutely awful decision by a normally fantastic defender in Adam Engel in center field where he dove for a ball he didn't need to and let it go by him and ended up being a inside the parker, which was hilarious. So, uh Beyond that, <clears throat> the biggest news was the injury to first baseman C.J. Crone that I was devastated by uh, seeing seeing my first baseman go down, collapsing in agony, and trying to I was trying to piece together what had just happened. It was a scorch scorcher from I forget who hit it, Mandic probably. Um, and it looked like it went off right off CJ Crone's knee and he collapsed and couldn't make the play and was just rolling around. And 
while I'm trying to piece things together, I get a text from you calling CJ Crone pussy of the year. So I'd like I'd like you to explain explain your thought process and how you can well, make such, I, a, I, such I an accusation. Still, still looking at the slow-mo video, it does not look like it ever hits his knee. It looks like it hits his <clears> elbow. <throat> so I off of bounce. That does not look like it bounced off of his knee. So that is where I call him pussy of the year because there is no visual evidence that shows that it ever hit his knee. Now, maybe his knee just buckled un un yeah unball related what but. i'm guessing is you didn't see him being like carried off the field helped off the field like he couldn't put any weight on his leg or he couldn't the, the question was whether he was at the time at least is whether he injured his wrist or his knee and i don't yeah. i don't i don't think you saw that he he couldn't walk and he, he had to be carried off the field and couldn't get down the stairs hardly. No, I didn't, so, I didn't see any of that. I saw the, that's what I, I, that's what I finally pieced together after I'm like, yeah. how could you call this guy pussy for blowing out his knee? But, I went to the bathroom and I came okay. back and then okay, they came back with the slow-mo. They came back with the slow-mo and I was like, what the fuck's up with this guy? I went off his wrist, get up and walk off the field, you know, well, whatever. We, but I didn't see the carrying off the field either. So the conclusion was we were actually both, wrong and both right uh he did not the ball did not bounce off his knee like initially i thought it shattered his knee yeah back. and that's what i thought before <clears throat> i went to the bathroom and then yeah. they're like we don't really know and and the way the the socks said we're not really sure what happened with cj chrome but it looks like the ball went you know uh jason benet was like it looks like the ball went off his wrist i'm like so what the fuck is going on yeah you see know? i didn't hear any of that but yeah um, so it, it did go off his wrist but he blew out his knee that's gonna yeah, require so that, surgery that, now that like sucks. his reaction that, to it that, that so. sucks so like so know. yeah our our Twitter or our texting war was over well, misunderstanding and yeah, misperception. I, didn't, I, didn't, over I, didn't really, I thought we were just like sort of like I was joking around. No, too. I know. Like, it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That was, was a perfect <laughs> thing to bring up on the podcast, though. I think you followed up with uh, what was uh, what was. Oh the, yeah, I was gonna. You I think I just said, wow, I think I might make it. Ha have to make you asshole of the week yeah i almost got asshole of the week folks on my own show <laughs> on our no, own we show. cleared that up so you yeah. you're not receiving that yeah. uh, award too bad week. too bad um <laughs> i don't know if you wanted to talk about game two and game three that were well, much more successful for you guys there yeah, was an I mean, important speech after game one from one dallas keichel that you might want to reference well i mean yeah he just basically said you know I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I'll summarize it just basically like, you know, we need to play better baseball. The, the biggest thing offensively that's plagued the Sox is they finally have the opportunity to have. He did more their, than that. He questioned your professionalism for a lot of your players. I mean, that, that he said, we've got some players taking professional at bats and acting like professionals on the mound. We, and some don't. So that was, that was significant. I think. It needed to be significant because it obviously made a difference because you guys look like a completely different team in games two and three. Well, we also had our basically our starting offense out on the field finally in yeah. games two and three. And it Tim truly, Anderson definitely made an impact. It, it truly <laughs> makes a difference for this team to have both Encarnacion and and um Tim Anderson. And Tim Anderson, the lineup. Tim Anderson is obviously at the top of the lineup because he provides a spark for this team. That even even uh, Lou Rob, who's going through some uh, rookie struggles right now a little bit, um, can't provide. And 
and he's the catalyst. He gets the offense going. Uh, he may not be your prototypical leadoff hitter, but his definitely average, not. His average is three eighty five. His OBP's over. <laughs> his OBP's over a. His OPS is over a thousand. I mean, you, wow. it's it it it. How many know, bats are we talking about now? How many at bats are we talking about? We are talking I mean, about 30, 39 at bats. Okay, yeah, let's 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 not start in quoting stat stats until a few more at bats. But okay, uh, that's cool. Like that's fine. I mean, he's definitely destroying the other uh, leadoff hitter who who's on the other side of town. But Lou Rob, yeah. No, the other league, uh, Chris Bryan in his uh, 196 average. And Here we go again. Anytime I bring up OPS. one thing about the fucking Sox, the Cubs come up as your only defense. Your it's only defense is bring up the it's, Cubs. Well, don't no. bring them up then. It's not Talk my about defense. something else. It's not my defense. It's my, it's my it's boring. How, how you said at the beginning of the season that Chris Bryant was the ideal leadoff hitter for the Cubs. Yeah, and we keep having the same he, fucking argument over and over again because that's all you can bring up. But Jesus I don't. Christ. I just think Tim Anderson. I just brought up short sample size. Yeah, and I think Tim Anderson is 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 doing a fine job, just as he's able to hold that average where it needs to be held at. So, anyway, uh, so he's definitely a spark. They took games two and three. Uh, I expect the Sox to have a winning record against the Tigers. So winning, losing the first game was a bit of a disappointment because I still. I was shocked. I was shocked we won one game. I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the Tigers are playing a, a, a little bit above uh, what they should be. But they do have – there's, like, exciting components to the Tigers. So, as a Tigers fan, like, I mean, you you obviously ride that wave and enjoy it as long as it lasts. And who the – you don't know yeah, in a baseball season, right? You just well, don't know, especially in a 60-game season like this. They could be in the mix in this thing until the end of the season possibly. So – I just well, thought I, it was a, I thought it was a fun series, more like the series used to be yeah. back when they were both competitive, and yeah, you know, that's all I ask. You know, like uh, yeah, what do I don't hate when my team blows someone out. It's not disappointing to me, but at the same time, like it's fun for both 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 sets of fans. So like I I enjoyed the series overall. Yeah, that, um, that series when was unexpectedly competitive throughout, as as the whole Tiger season has been so far. I mean, like you said, it, they are they are fun to watch. The the issues that they're running into over and over again is certainly not offense or relief pitching. It's starting pitching. They, I think they have the worst worst starters ERA in in the majors. And the most frustrating thing about that is their farm system is just bursting at the seams with starting pitching prospects that in at any other time would yeah be called up to solve that situation I, so i understand you know, i love criticizing al avila but i, I understand that I think having, done, having the restraint I, yeah. not to not to call those guys up in a in a essentially meaningless season uh that you could make the argument that you could call up casey mize right now and he he would fit it he'd be their best starter immediately um matt manning could be in that conversation. Um, Tariq Skubal, you know, it's just like they could solve their major problem right now, but is it is it worth it in this in this season that is essentially meaningless? Yeah, do they, I mean, do they go for it at this point, and I, I don't, I don't think you do. Yeah, I mean, even think about it. Like all they have to do is keep Mize, who's who looks to be all that. 
down until, you know, if well, I'm going with that baseball starts on time next year, yeah. keep them down for those first like 10 games next year. And you, you've gained two, you know, basically two extra years of control by not bringing them up this year. And, and that really fits nicely into, into their plans. But I, I think he definitely comes up next year. Don't you? Oh yeah. But, yeah. absolutely. If not opening day, I mean, shortly thereafter, yeah. if, if they, if they're really truly concerned about the service time, which I don't think so. Cause they gain this extra year already yeah um the the argument on the other side of it is are they being developed this year uh, that, that that's my biggest concern and whatever weird setup they have you know they're not playing games down in toledo they've got the 30 30 man squad i don't know what they're doing you know workouts and simulated games simulated games i think is that good for young pitching development i don't know i don't know if anybody knows that right true so I think so seeing doing, them in in, I, in real games yeah. might be beneficial to them. It certainly would be entertaining. But um, I also think they're doing a little bit of you know, like inter inter squad games mm. between all the guys in camp. I think there's enough to do that. But yeah. again, like that's not what does that really do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You would think within this uh, sort of like in this bubble in this like central bubble that was created, you could have scheduled some games against the other yeah i think they're trying to trying to make you know minimize no uh, as much as possible i I mean i don't disagree with them not but you would have you would have thought like there may have been an opportunity there but i also get why they wouldn't do that but um you know moving off we get to talk about this series again next week because they're right back at it as of monday i think it's a four gamer here right uh yeah i think you're right yeah monday through thursday and then this the next weekend is the Cub Sox, so uh, a look at a non-exhibition version of this matchup should be that interesting. Be I'm really hoping That's, that must start on Friday, so we'll talk yeah. about that. We'll do the preview uh, for episode 37 next I'm, Friday morning. I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping that um, that you Darvish gets to pitch in the White Sox series for be- for real. Tremendous. That would be tremendous. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think if I was going to throw a name out for player of the week, I'd have to give it to you, Darvish, just because wow. um, we didn't, we didn't the, uh, we didn't the one week because of uh, Lewis, I think it was Lewis Roberts, insane starter or whatever and all that. But I think like, you know, if I was going to nominate a guy, he's definitely, like you said, it goes back, even though I like to bust your balls on it, it goes back to last season carried through now i mean he's definitely he's definitely earned it so far this season. wow so you've you've made made the 180 and come to see it my way well i didn't make i you know the stats are the stats you darvish doesn't make up the his schedule he has oh he doesn't this is amazing he's taking words out of my mouth he has to go out and pitch the games no matter who they're playing so i can't you know, I can joke around and say, oh, he hasn't pitched against a team well, barely no. above 500 yet, but, or 500. I was waiting for you to say these things and I was going to use what you're saying now against you. But yeah. to that point, you know, he's, he's played Milwaukee, he's pitched against Milwaukee and I forget who else, but they, they the competition has been mediocre, but the NL Central is fucking awful. Like everyone he's going to go against is pretty much going. Yeah, to be I mean awful. the schedule's the a schedule. You can't ever NL Central is everyone's below five hundred. I mean it's ridiculous how bad it is, and the you know Cubs are certainly capitalizing. They've caused that in in some ways, and 
they are the they are the reason those teams are below 500 because they keep beating up on them. But yes. they are also benefiting from very mediocre teams. So that that's why, like you said, it's going to be fun to. It would be great if you actually pitched against the White Sox, which I think would be a step up in competition compared to what they face so far in the NL Central. So, and also a, a tip of the cap to the Cubs for taking care of the Cleveland Indians. Thank you very much, guys. Well, it was pretty simple. I don't really I know, know what the issue was with you guys, but yeah, uh, well, just beat you know, the fuck out of them. A couple, couple injured starters, and 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 you know when when Gio Gonzalez gets back in the rotation, <laughs> and then you have a bull, you have a bullpen game, which you know whatever i mean what are you gonna do and you know one thing before we get into the cardinals real quick on the white Sox is so and i I bitched about this i made this post on our 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 blog page no picture or anything so probably no one saw it because of the facebook algorithm but yeah you gotta do pictures like like ricky renteria dude you've you've had an opportunity for the past week to put the entire starting lineup again without without madrigal because he's injured but you've had the rest of the starting lineup as designed pretty much and i guess without lou ray was supposed to be the second baseman but you have your chance to have one through eight be be the guys and that means you got mancada uh mazara's back in the lineup and canarcion anderson we have we have not seen that lineup on the field offensively yet all together in one game which is baffling to me you gave Jan Mankata the day off yesterday before a day off. He I'm in a six in a 60 game season. Yeah. Like <laughs> it makes no sense. We're not talking about a full season here. He's managing at times, it feels like, that we're still playing a full season. That's he a really takes, good point. He takes Lucas Giolito after he dominated that that prior inning with like 10 pitches and three strikeouts out of the game only to have the bullpen blow the game mm-hmm. where if lucas comes out in the eighth chances are with the way he was pitching it's it's i mean he was locked in at that point he retired like, like the last nine batters he's locked in you bring him back out even though he's at 100 pitches it's a 60 game fucking season well, I think you could go. You could. There's arguments on each side. If you want to have a young pitcher go over, go well, over. But he's not. Pitches. I mean, when, you, when all you're asking is for your pretty solid bullpen, just just to close out two innings. I mean, that shouldn't be shouldn't be too much for them to do. Or, but I, I get well, then, I get your you gotta, frustration. But you got to bring in the right guys too. So. The well, the I think your your best point is how he's not putting your best lineup on the field every day. He's choosing, he's, he's overtly choosing not to, for whatever reason. Mankata is a little different because I heard he was suffering from like body soreness on Wednesday. So I don't know what that means. If he had, I don't know, it could be post COVID symptoms. I don't know. I mean, well, that's true. I guess that is one of the side effects. They say. But, but in general, yeah, you've you've had injury issues, but you could see where, and I brought it up in previous episodes, where he's not putting the best lineup out there in in favor of you know resting guys and and pretending like it's a you know acting like it's a 162 game season. It is the opposite of that. So you know it's a sprint, like everyone says. So that's like not, I, I don't think I don't think Ricky quite understands that yet. Yeah, and okay, I get we got a. So let's segue into the. Whoa. 
the jorts the jorts are coming to town um, yeah well we we jumped into the sock schedule next week but we jumped over a significant part of your schedule starting tomorrow uh, a double header scheduled against the st louis cardinals it'll be the 14 the innings yeah the cardinals first games played since like july 29th or something whatever it is I and mean, it's over two weeks so uh they are the news as of this morning it was hold a, on the cardinals are coming to town yeah Let me get prepared their charter flight good call good call uh, their charter flight was canceled last night, but they are all they rented 41 individual rental cars and are <laughs> are drive making the drive up individually. Did they get Armada, a police escort? Like Arma Armada they... coming up the what I 55? Yeah, they to, get a police escort for that or what? Yeah, to invade Chicago. Uh, doesn't seem like the best idea to me in a lot of ways that they just their their charter flight was canceled because they had a staffer test positive yesterday or the day before you know they they continue to have not be able to contain their coronavirus outbreak and i don't you know the efforts to drive individually is to kind of self-quarantine but that that just means they're coming here with potentially with the coronavirus yeah i mean i i I don't understand um, MLB's thinking here because uh, according to their rules, it's supposed to be three days of no positive tests. We're going to be within the three-day window yeah. on Saturday for a doubleheader. And quite personally, I like that we've only had two teams with issues and having them drive up, even though it's 41 in, in individual cars, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. At the end of the day, you're basically risking bringing the coronavirus into the Chicagoland bubble. Yeah. Well, and they're bringing um, it right into your fucking ballpark, maybe right into yeah. your team. I mean, if I, one thing I, with this, you know, the, the rule, the revised rules that they came up with last week, you know, say that all players need to wear masks everywhere except for on the field. And I understand that, you know, athletes need to be able to breathe to be able to do their, do their job. But, I almost feel like if if they're if they're allowing the Cardinals to violate that three day rule, then they should have to wear masks out on the field. Like, I would you I mean, want definitely, definitely would you want people standing without masks next to no like Abreu I, at first base? I, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I mean definitely. I guess second, if you needed to, you could probably take it off because th th there's usually not a guy right if 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 you needed to. But at the same time, we've all been wearing masks. I've done physical activity in my mask. It, no. it Comparing what we do versus a you know a, a professional athlete, I think it's well. Like I mean, I'm, but, I, I've, yeah, but in, I mean, these are unique circumstances. I, I think they should be forced to forced to do it. I mean, it's it's fucking ridiculous that they're coming to Chicago at all. But if they're going to be on the field with the White Sox. They need to be wearing masks, and I don't think they're going to. Yeah, the other so. thing, the other big issue with this that you you brought up already is that they're playing double headers, and it's two two seven inning games, which you know the double header. Nobody wants to do double headers. It creates creates all sorts of issues. But I feel like the the Sox and all you know this weekend and the Cubs twice are going to be playing double headers against St. Louis this week. Um, I feel like those teams are being punished unfairly. They're being forced to play. First of all, they're being forced to play multiple double double headers, which nobody wants to do. But they're also playing seven inning double headers. The new rule. So those are 
those are going to be strange games no matter what. And, you know, I understand why they're cutting down the number of innings, but they don't, you know, it's by definition, they're not legit major league baseball games if they're not playing nine innings. So right. it's unfairly penalizing the White Sox on Saturday and certainly really unfairly penalizing the Cubs. They're going to play a doubleheader on Monday and a doubleheader on Wednesday just because of the Cardinal situation. So I, I just, I think it's wrong. And this is going to, you know, they're going to be playing whatever it is, 55 games in 41 days or whatever the math has come out to now. So they're going to, ha- they're forcing, the Cardinals are forcing all their opponents to play double headers from here on out. So they're inherently playing a different kind of season than the rest of baseball. And it's just, it's, it's not cool. I, I know there's no, there's no simple solution. And again, I'm not blaming them for getting coronavirus. I do have some questions about how they, how they have contained it in their efforts to you know, stop people from uh, finding out how it got into their clubhouse to begin with that I made their owner or their president of baseball operations, Gemma Zalek, asshole of the week for. But I, I, I guess I think baseball needs to come up with a, a new plan. We, they've made up so many ideas on the fly so far this year, and I think they have to have a new one. Um, the, you know, how do you, how do you judge the Cardinal season versus everybody else for all those reasons I just brought up? You know, they've, do they, you know, they, they're, they're probably not going to get all 60 games in. They're going to have fewer than that. So people have talked about using a winning percentage to determine who makes the playoffs or who doesn't. And I think that's bullshit too. You know, if they don't, if they only play 40 games versus everyone else playing 60, you know, just because they may or may not have a better winning percentage that somebody's that's played 20 more games than them. That, I think that's complete bullshit. Yeah. The, you know, hopefully they get most of the games in. I don't see how that's going to happen. I did hear uh, an interesting idea just this morning on the score, the Mullion Hall show. Um, what if all, what if you took kind of a, like a hockey scoring system where all normal wins are two points? You know, any, every win that every team has this year is worth two points. All the games that have so far been postponed and I think should be, you know, not forfeited. I don't think that's fair either. Um, you know, St. Louis shouldn't have to be forced to forfeit all these games they've missed. Um, what if you made those just sort of ties or one point a piece? So like the Cubs would get credit for one, one half win, you know, for all the games that they're going to have to, that, well, that they would make up there that they've already missed or the White Sox this weekend, if those get wiped out, these two games, you know, what if, what if you got a, one point each, but then you got two points for all, all the rest of your wins. And I, I haven't like figured out how to do the math on all that, but that seems like a little more just and reasonable way to conclude the season without forcing number one, forcing the Cardinals to play all these fucking double headers to make up all these games or, um, you know, forcing all the other teams to put them in that terrible situation. They have to play all these double headers. Have you, did you hear that this morning or do you have any no. thoughts about that? No. Um, it seems wacky. I, I know like yeah. on the surface, but everything is fucking wacky. This I'm just yeah. trying to come up with a, like a, like some justice. Like what is the fairest way to determine well, 
Who, I don't think I don't think justice to the a team who who neglected to follow the rules is well, giving them a point. I mean, it's almost sure. it's almost sure like we've... you should give the maybe you give the the team that what didn't break the rules a half point and give the team that broke the rules no points. Well, let's but, get past let's get past breaking the rules or not because it, we we don't know that they broke the rules or we don't know that other teams later on will catch coronavirus you know, maybe because of the St. Louis, who knows, but they may not do anything wrong to get the virus. So I'm not trying that's to punish. True. I'm not trying to punish the Cardinals. I guess that's the other point I should make is that you need, you know, I want, you know, it'd be great to just be assholes and say they should just forfeit these games because they fucked up. Well, I don't think that's fair either because it's not necessarily them or other teams going forward that might have to miss games because of it. I don't think that's fair. So I'm not doing this to punish people. And that's why I think the, the you know the the half a win scenario would would be f- the fairest and the most equitable and going forward then you don't you don't worry about you know making up postponed games if if you have to postpone a game because of it it's just a half a win yeah you know, it would be you, it would be interesting though to see that though like i don't know if that's definitely that much different than winning percentage at the end of the day I think it, well, I think in my mind, the math would be a little more fair, you know, because then you've got the numbers are equal then. It's not, it doesn't go on percent. It's, it's going on, you know, half wins versus wins versus real losses. So I, I know it's still convoluted, but I guess it, in my mind, the math seems a little more just justified than a, a, a winning percentage that could be based on vastly different numbers of games played. But if they each get a point, that's a wash. So it's, it's well, but that's the that, same as zero. Well, no, but that mitigates like the Cubs were adversely affected by specifically the Cardinals early in the season, where the rest of the division wasn't necessarily. You know, the, the Cubs missed games against the Cardinals. The the Cubs are going to have to make those games up with double headers. No, you know, I forget who the schedule was, but you know, Milwaukee, I don't think missed any games with the Cardinals, so they don't have the same situation that the Cubs do. You know, see what I'm saying? You know, it's it's not. If every team in the division missed the game, missed the same number of games with the Cardinals, then you could do that. But since it's some teams are affected differently by that, just because of the way the schedule has fallen and when they're going to come back playing, it's that that that's why that wouldn't work. Did I lose you? No, I'm just I don't totally ag- ag- agree with that. So all right, well, like just I, throw I it think, out there. I, think, I thought it was an yeah, interesting thing. I, I think winning. I think. If you have to, I think winning percentage is fine at the end of the day. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one, but yeah, it's, that's a, it's a minor thing. I'm not willing to yeah. die on that hill. Um, um, I yeah. think the I need to back up a little bit, or not back up, but I want to introduce a, unless you've got more to talk uh, about with the Cardinals. I just have a quick thing on the Giants. Because uh, you, okay. are you going to go into the... No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just a funny little note as... Uh, the Sox uh, said goodbye to Lewis Basabe, uh, the Giants. Yeah, they picked him up. So I actually saw this. I may get to still see him play on a major league roster. I mean, he is 26 and hasn't made a major league roster yet, so there's something to be said about that. But well, Luis Basabe was on your keeper list of if there was he, an ex- yeah our, our he, feudal he exercise He's, talking about the talking yeah, about the um, he was because yeah well, let, let me explain what it is. Yeah. It was the it was our uh, mock, what do we call it, mock expansion draft. Yeah. You know, basically ch- making us choose who the 15 best players on each of our favorite teams is. And you did put 
Luis Bazabe, Bazabe, Bazabe. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, on your 15. Yeah. Basabe on your 15. So I was shocked, first of all, that he was DFA'd. And um, I guess he didn't clear waivers or how, however that worked, but they made, they worked out a trade with the Giants. Is that? Yeah. For, I think it was cash. 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 Wow. Cash, cash money. Cash, cash money. So may, may still get to see him on a regular basis. Uh, although the Giants said they didn't think he was going to play at all this year. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, Whatever. This year is such a strange thing in general. So. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just a little note as I, uh, probably had said last week, I feel like the Giants are uh, slowly uh, getting into position as where they should be. Uh, they are in dead last in uh, the AL West um, and I feel like they're slowly working into that as a uh, as as uh, the season continues. And probably the funniest note on the, on the week on the Giants was Johnny Cueto lost a no-hitter because Hunter Pence lost the ball in the lights oh. and it fell and he lost a no hitter in the sixth inning against the Dodgers. Oh, I did. I think uh, I saw that. Got, he missed the ball by got, like 30 feet. It yeah. Was, it was like, like 30 feet happened? behind him. He totally lost the ball and Cueto had a no hitter at that point. Oh, so that, that, that was kind of interesting. His numbers in August are so much better than his numbers in July. And I think that idea, cause now you're starting to read articles about teams that could be looking for starting pitching at the trade deadline uh that uh you know we might see we might see Cueto on the move uh in in at the august trade deadline yeah. but um one funny other thing just to wrap up all the teams is i decided to look at um how how are the teams performing based on uh 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 Bill, good old Bill James and Bill James created this formula that is expected win loss. So it's not your actual record, but it's like with your runs scored and your runs allowed run differential. Yeah. Oh, yeah, run differential. Like how should the teams act? What, what should the team you actually hear? Record? You hear Theo Epstein reference this all the time when expectancy and run differential yeah. is his big thing. So I don't know if that's, if that's just for media consumption or, if that's something the, the Cubs really pay attention to, but you, you've heard yeah. that a lot. So it, it's, it's not just something Bill James made up and nobody plays. No, no, to. no, it's, no. It's, People pay attention to it. I mean, they keep it, they keep it now as a stat in the standings, you know, yeah. it's there. And it's interesting that all of our teams, except for the giants are, are all considered to be playing a little bit better than they should be, which yeah. is really disappointing for the white Sox Cause, uh, um, that means they've played some really bad baseball so far. Cause according to the, uh, they should be nine and 10 versus 10 and nine. And I feel more like they have a team that should be, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, maybe more like 11, uh, more like, uh, you know, 12 and seven or something like that. But anyway, um, the Cubs, uh, according, according <laughs> to this are, are supposed to be 10 and six right now. So yeah, it's still a really good record, but not quite as, um, as, as, I mean, they are just playing pretty much like they have a confidence right now that they could probably ride through a 60 game season. So it's fun to see. Um, and then, and then the, 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 uh, the tigers are just, uh, they're overperforming like the White Sox. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> uh, a few games right now. So, so, but it's it, it's just interesting to see that statistic, um, and like kind of kind of can measure out as are things gonna you know catch up uh, either way or 
you know, how will this, how will this change throughout the season as there's like ebb and flows, even though it's a short season? So. Yeah. I'm wondering what his calculations, if they have to do with specifically 162 games or if this plays out no matter how many games are played, but I wonder if he would adjust his, his formula uh, at all. If there was, if he knew there was going to be 60 games or like that. Well, I think you could, you could change that. I think that's part of the formula. Okay. So I think you just change that to sixty games, which I'm assuming. I think they those that, numbers play out much better, obviously, over 162 than they would over sixty. But it's it's fun to fun to and take they, a look at. Yeah, I, but it seems legit. Like I would agree with that. I, yeah. I mean, there's no way from what I've seen of the Tigers or expected of them that they'd have this good a record. And the Cubs are definitely their record is a little inflated compared to what they what they've what they've actually looked like on the field, especially with the starting pitch or with the bullpen issues. So, so yeah, I, I think those, those numbers that win expectancy sounds about right to me. Yeah. But, I just, it was just funny to look at it and I was like, Oh shit, man. Fuck you. White Sox. Damn it. <laughs> supposed to be nine and 10. Ugh. Got some shit to clean up over there. Um, basically starting pitching, but anyway, here you well, go, I wanna, Smitty. Yeah, I want to. I want to start a new segment. Not every week, but every so often. Um, as I've brought up many times, I am a graphic designer by trade. I am a graphic designer in the baseball industry, so I'm. I'm very, very interested in baseball logos, baseball uniforms, all that stuff. I find that stuff fun. You probably don't. Many of our listeners probably don't, but I don't give a fuck. This is our podcast, and I can do what I want. So I'm starting a new segment called Aesthetics, um, spelled incorrectly with two S's, of course. Uh, the Aesthetics of Baseball, where I can talk about things I like and don't like about team uniforms or logos. And one thing I, the big, one big change this year in uh, across all of baseball actually was Nike has become the official uniform provider of Major League Baseball. And with that, a giant Nike swoosh is on the, I believe, the right chest of every every major league uniform. And I don't know if you've noticed it. I, I certainly noticed it. And uh, I've noticed it. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I do my best not to be the old man screaming at the cloud thing, uh, fighting fighting inevitable change that I'm never going to be able to affect either way. But. Originally, I went into it thinking, yeah, advertising is coming. I understand you used to have the manufacturer logos on a sleeve, which never bothered me at all. Moving it to the chest, not 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 ideal, but it's not the worst thing. It doesn't. It really doesn't bother me on the Cubs uniforms, their home their home pinstripes, or the blues, or the the gray roads. Um, it hasn't bothered me. I think it looks really good, in fact, on pinstripe uniforms. Uh, and other other uniforms that typically have like a logo and their numbers, like the like the Sox home pinstripes, because you've got you've got your Sox logo on one side, you've got the numbers on the other side. So adding adding a the Nike swoosh above that doesn't doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really bother me on the Tigers road uniformity either, because they've got the number, they've got the big script Detroit, and then they just they just put up put the Nike logo above it. But what really bothers me. And I didn't, I didn't really notice it and didn't pay too much attention to it until this week was the Tigers home uniform. Having that Nike swoosh on there, just, it wrecks it for me. And I, I know I'm overreacting to that. And it's, 
kind of ridiculous, but it really doesn't bother me anywhere else besides the Tigers home home jersey. And that's because the Tigers home jersey is so fucking cool because it's so fucking simple. There's just nothing to it. It's just white, the old English D and stripes and just throwing throwing that Nike swoosh on there just it just distracts me completely. It, it's um Oh, this is what it kind of reminds me of the cashmere sweater episode of Seinfeld, where you got this beautiful, beautiful garment. Everybody loves it until you notice this fucking red dot. And that's what that's that's just what I think of when I see that Nike swoosh on the uh, particularly on the Tigers home uniform that, you know, has been their uniform for since I think 1904. They've made some subtle changes over the years, but it's basically been the same clean clean look for for over 100 years so not a fan of the nike swoosh so yeah that's all i'm going to say for our our inaugural uh aesthetic segment uh in future aesthetic segments i'm going to talk about the new retro trend of uniforms that we've seen with the throwbacks to the padres and the brewers i'm going to rank those i think there's there's another topic i want to bring up the the trend back to powder blue jerseys and uniforms. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's a ton of teams this year that are going back to powder blue. It's been trending over the last couple of years. So I want to talk about that in future future segments. But well, that's enough of those, that. For those of you who've uh, shut the segment, turned it off during this segment, <laughs> uh, uh, just a heads up if you uh, we have more of this to look forward to. Yes. I, I can hardly wait. Um, so hey, why don't we move on to a shit you can't make up? Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a sturdy cemetery. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. All right. Yeah. Granted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, how do you want to start? Do you, I'll, I'll do you start a, this I've after got, you have. I've got two on my list as well. I, so. I'll start since you just uh, ran with that last I mean, one. Um, yeah, I need thought to catch that, my breath. So yeah, take, catch your breath. Uh, so <laughs> uh, old school baseball meets new school baseball. It's always a fun little thing to talk about. And, you know, uh, Dwight Gooden came out and called Cespedes out for deciding to opt out of a coronavirus season that said, he may get blackballed because of opting out of the season. And if that is not an archaic statement from a, a player who played uh, some 20 years ago, I, I don't, I don't know what is like, there's, there's no reason to call someone out for choosing to opt out of a coronavirus season. Yes. Did he like disappear for like a day and was trying to, yeah, that, <laughs> well, that, I was, that was like probably the biggest issue of the whole thing, but I was actually going to make that shit. You couldn't make up last week, but yeah. we ran out of time. We had so many shits you couldn't make up. So yeah. So yeah, uh, that, I think that was actually the bigger part of that story was that the, the Mets didn't know where he was for several hours. Yeah. But the, but, the day he opted out. So, but uh, yeah, to call the, someone the stories, out for opting out is is ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I agree. The stories with Jonas Suspedes are yeah, <laughs> legendary. They are kinda, he, he's, well, he, he missed part of a season because he got in a fight with a wild boar. Um, uh, okay, I've got a shit you couldn't make up because it happens every fucking year. Uh, the most prodigious, largest, largest men on the New York Yankees squad continue to get hurt every fucking year. Giancarlo Stanton is out for a month. 
Maybe. Ooh. I'm going to say he's probably out for the year. Uh, and Aaron Judge has an injury that they're, they're rumoring. They're, the rumor is that he will be back tonight. But I'll believe it when I see it. That guy's always hurt, too. So that's just the shit you could make up that the Yankees are always hurt. And it's just you, you can bring it up every year in your preseason prognostications that those guys are going to be hurt somehow because they always are. I don't know if you saw that or yeah, yeah, no, I John Carlos on my fantasy team. No, of course, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. I always have one of those guys on my team. I try to probably stop doing that. Ah, nah, whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, <laughs> um, do the names Julio Estrada or Bartolo Hernandez ring a bell for you? Not at all. Well, these two gentlemen are going to jail because they were denied an appeal for smuggling Cuban players into Major League Baseball and making millions of dollars wow. from that. Uh, you may remember, you. I thought you might remember because they, uh, Jose Abreu, okay. I believe, gave them uh, some money to get him out of Cuba. So... Uh, they they have smuggled most a lot of the big names in, in, yeah, in baseball. I know Yasio Puig's part of that. Yeah, Puig too. is part of that too. So uh, yeah, he those two gentlemen are were denied and they're on their way to jail. Yeah, so that's some, that's some shady shit. It, I mean, it's it's empower. I mean, ugh, it's so fucked up that it has to come to that where people have to smuggle themselves to get out. But there's extortion as yeah. part of that, and those those dudes. I mean, they provide a service, I guess, but you can see why they're going to jail. Because yeah, I think they hold their they hold those players' families for ransom is essentially yeah. what 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 it comes down to. So good for them; they're going to jail. But boy, I mean, is that a that's so fucked up? Because is you know, it's a, is that a con? A, in a way, is it a nice thing that there's a conduit for people to escape such terrible situations? Or I know. Now that's I know. gone, I don't know. I don't know what what to think of that. That's definitely shit you couldn't make up, though. No, definitely. Well, I've got this last one. I don't know if you have any more after that, but no, I'm done. This I'm one done. takes the cake. Uh, the biggest, some of the biggest news this week, of course, was that the Astros are not only plunking other teams where other teams should be plunking them with justice, with justified mean reasons. They're not only plunking other players on other teams; they're starting fights over it. The famous incident this week was... Uh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I believe it's Ramon Laureano, the yes. for the yes. Oakland A's, was plunked not once, not twice, but three times by the... I forget which pitcher it was for the Astros. but And he didn't charge the mound, which was showed tremendous restraint on his part, Ramon Laureano. I was, I was pretty impressed. What he did do is kind of mock, mock the pitcher, you know, he was throwing. He was like, kind of throwing his wrist around. He's like, you got to, you got to snap your wrist when you're throwing those sliders like that, so it doesn't hit me every time. He's just kind of mocking him, like, you don't know what you're doing out there if you keep hitting me like this. Yeah. And somehow that set off Alex Centrone, hitting coach for the Houston Astros, yeah. who got on the tops up of the dugout, allegedly questioned the the uh, promiscuity or lack thereof of of Ramon Laureano's mother. Uh, yeah. and basically came up and wanted to fight. You could see his jet, you know, what, whether he said, said anything about Mariano's mom or not, he, you could see him gesturing that he wanted to fight a hitting coach from the bench, wanted to fight a major league player during a, a fucking global pandemic. Like what the fuck? I, I, I don't, 
the A's did nothing wrong in my mind. There's a little bit of a backstory to this where the player, the pitcher that plunked him, they were traded for each other. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Dave Stewart, I uh, forget what his position is with the A's, was on some kind of Zoom call where he was making fun of the Astros for making that trade because Laureano has been fucking awesome and that pitcher's been just a disaster. So that might have something to do with it, but whatever it is, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, in any circumstances for a hitting coach to be inciting violence yeah. on a violence yeah. on a on a baseball field, but during a pandemic when that is strictly prohibited, uh, just unbelievable. Uh, you've got some thoughts on that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, no, I mean when I when the story first broke, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like like the Astros already have this negative stigma. And when I first saw the story, I'm like, oh, wow, the Astros must have got hit a lot today. And then when I read it, went the opposite, <laughs> the opposite. way, the exact opposite. And that the, you know, like you had already said, the syndrome, the, the bad, the hitting coach was, was taunting. Yeah, he was a player as like, come on, let's go. Like, really? The, really? And then Go ahead. I mean, he got what he deserved, though. He got a 20-game suspension. So. Yeah, he, he taunted him to the point where Ramon Lariano charged him, only mm -hmm. to be, you know, of course, 10 different Astros players jumped in, and Cintron hid behind all of them while he did it. Uh, Cintron got a six-game six suspension, which he's appealing, which will probably get knocked down to three or four games, I bet. Um, Cintron got the 20-game suspension, which is like the longest in – 30 years or something, which is de definitely justified. The, I think my favorite part of the whole story is, you know, Loriano did express some regret and, you know, he did say he, I regret charging Centrone because he's a loser. <laughs> which I, I agree with. It's totally I mean, true. Totally it's true. Totally true. I mean, the Astros uh, continue to be the freaking pariah of baseball. I yeah. Mean, in, in a season where, they should just go about their business. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is like, God, they, like, like that, that organization needs a major overhaul. Well, they, they could be assholes of the week every single week. It just seems like they come up with new ways to be assholes of the week, but it, which it, I was about to say, we could have made Ryan. that. Well, that's what, I, that's why I brought it up. But w instead it would be boring to keep making the Astros <laughs> assholes of the week. Fortunately, we've had, Another gotta, another couple of players step up into the into the void. Oh, I mean, we got a trump card for that. For we got a trump card for Centrone. And it's legit trump card. It's yeah. not like we we didn't have to search for this one. I we both had this going into uh in into this week. It was a it's a slam dunk. And uh why don't you take it away, Smitty? What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. <laughs> well, the my original choice for asshole of the week <laughs> uh, it all it all stemmed from an incident that actually happened here in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, after the Zach Plesac and the Indians beat the White Sox, Zach Plesac decided to uh, escape out of their hotel, sneak out of their hotel to go to dinner with eight of his college friends, and then go to their home to apparently to 
to open baseball card packs, which sounds about as legit as Derek Jeter's going out to get milk excuse for his Marlins last Ugh. week. Yeah, um, whatever. What he was doing is not is not the issue. The issue was that he actually left. You know, he he snuck out of the hotel against the new baseball protocols that you cannot leave your hotel without without you know not notifying your compliance officer to get excused for. He could have told him he was going out to dinner with his friends, and he chose not to. You know, because he knew he's not supposed to do it, and whatever he's going to be doing wasn't going to be approved. So he just fucking snuck out. I actually wasn't going to give him asshole of the week for that just for that because it's a dumb kid young kid whatever not maybe not to the level of asshole but who i was going to give it to was his teammate one mike clevenger who apparently was in the party with him with zach and uh but got back to the hotel or never came back to the hotel never got caught he in fact attended a team meeting uh the next day possibly exposing all of his teammates and coaching staff to whatever he was exposed to the night before and lied about it to the point where he got on the team's plane the next day and flew in a, <laughs> what you could only consider a COVID carrying bacteria trap <laughs> with recirculated right. air Ooh. with all of his teammates, including a teammate, uh, Carlos Carrasco, his fellow starting rotation member, who just recovered from fucking leukemia last year. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It also includes, I don't I don't know if Terry Francona was on the plane or what, because he has been fighting an illness of some sort, but he is definitely in the danger age range and may have I possibly been to coronavirus because number one, Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger thought it was a good idea to sneak out and go out in Chicago. And number two, Clevenger fucking lied about it. Um, so yeah, I keep going I, I back and Frank, forth. I like, just think I think Francona was back at home though. Okay, I don't think well, he came with them. So, so still, good for that. But but yeah. he might be exposed in in the coming days. Yeah, uh, right. Who knows? But so I I kept going back and forth about should you know I won't make Plesak the asshole, but I will make Clevenger the asshole. But then what? but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday morning, whenever it was, as of yeah. Thursday, uh, Zach Plesak took it upon himself to go on uh, Instagram or wherever he was on his phone while driving without a seatbelt, mind you. I'd notice that little detail. This guy, this guy's a champ. To basically accuse the media of dragging him through the mud and that all these issues are all only because of the media. Uh, what, what he apologized for profusely earlier in the week for admitting to sneaking out uh, that was wrong to disrespect his teammates that way disrespect Major League Baseball, he apologized profusely about, he basically took back completely a 180 on this Instagram post yesterday. And it just proves that he's a, he's a fucking moron is what it comes down to. He, he, he literally was trying to justify everything he said. He, he admitted to everything he did. And that's where he got the news came out that he went to dinner with it, but he was only with eight of his friends and he knows those guys. So that's fine. And they only went back to their house just to, you know, open up those packs of trading cards. You know, so it was just out. It, it, so it wasn't that big a deal. And he tried to he tried to quote some CDC statistics that oh, yeah, he had yeah, pulled up. But it he, just it just yeah. proved that he does not get it. And he wasn't he wasn't sorry for anything he did or for exposing his teammates and potentially life threatening 
exposure to some of his teammates so yeah he continued to uh go you know he went he's like well we were you know we were wearing masks and we practiced social distancing the whole time blah i didn't, blah, I didn't blah. even hear that part oh yeah it. oh yeah he went off on on that that he didn't really do so why anything. did he need yeah why did he need he to speak out yeah he really didn't do anything wrong basically yeah. is what he said in his in his restatement after apologizing for it uh the team, you know, is is a lot less forgiving, and I like that they're going to hold them accountable. So yeah, they've uh, they had to they had to quarantine for one thing for seventy two hours. Like Klesak was forced to leave the team and drive home himself, which is a yep. funny thing. Just the idea of a lone a lone pitcher driving himself home in shame to Cleveland. Um, the drive of shame. What of course Clevenger missed that self quarantine because he lied about it, lied to all his teammates. I forget the guy, the Indian that came out, and I'm sorry, we should be calling this the Cleveland Baseball Club, not the not the Indians, by the way, uh, as we will never call them the Indians anymore because they need to change their name. But the other Cleveland Baseball Club teammate that completely ripped on both Clevenger and Act just had a, a scathing diatribe about they've completely disrespected their teammates, had caused a huge rift in their clubhouse and i could see how that would happen and they played like shit against the cubs since that has happened so i could see how that would be that could be a mitigating factor where their their clubhouse is shattered by that complete betrayal that could it's not just it's not a joke i mean it is it is life-threatening what what they did so you know yeah. i went back and forth should it be police act should it be clevenger should it be police act i think we just combine them into clevin sack Make yeah, them, I love the name. Make, make them both assholes of the week. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's definitely a Clevensack uh, kind of week. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I had a, I had a thought and, and it's gone. Oh, oh, funny, funny note to this story just to, to close out on it. Um, the, the morning the story broke, Ozzy, because he knows everyone in town. Yeah, I saw he, that. Did you see that? He got like a call because I think they were at Gibson's or something like that. Okay, he for dinner. He was on the like he teased the thing for the post game show where he said, "Oh, I know where they went," you know, because he knows everything. Because he's got to, yeah. but he never said on the post game show where they. No, actually went, I think so. they told him. Well, I think no, I think yeah, I I thought he hinted at Gibbon Gibson's, but okay, he had hinted he was going to say who was all in the party because he knew oh. everyone was there. So he could have broke the Mike Clevenger news. But he was I, told not to, or he was probably to. told, or yeah, maybe he chose not to because he doesn't want to. He wants to be in the know still for maybe something even juicier. Yeah, you can't go with your sources. Yeah, if yeah. You're gonna keep getting so, sources, keep getting was, tidbits like that. I was dying. I'm like, oh my god, we got another great Ozzy post game moment coming up. <laughs> but he's he's been fun to watch so far. Yeah, so, I have been tuning into those post game shows just for him. So Ozzy was well aware of uh, the Mike Clevenger incident before. <laughs> We just cut out again. I think we should probably uh, wrap this up unless you have yeah. anything else. No, I am good. All right. Well, you can catch us on majorleagueaholes.com. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. And we are everywhere you can find a podcast. So rate, subscribe, review, do it. Peace. Peace. S-S-H-O. And I'm proud of it. <laughs>